I'm Nels Anderson. And I'm Jesse Turner. And welcome to Terminal 7. Hey there, Nels. Hello, Jesse. Episode 22. The final podcast of 2014. I know. know. So exciting. What a year. What a hell of a year. It's it's been a great year. Yeah. 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 It's kind of shitty for some people, but... Uh, for Netrunner, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Definitely. Yeah. It was good. And that's what the podcast is about. So exactly. It's, so it's been a great year. Exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about a couple things today. Uh, right. First, of course, the final data pack closing out the year. Right. The final data pack of the lunar cycle. The, the source. source. Yep. Just came out. Um, so we'll talk about that like we always do where it's like, oh, these cards we thought were interesting, whatever. Uh, and then... Given it's that time of the year, lots of people are going to be going home, seeing some friends they haven't seen in a while, just hanging out. People got lots of downtime, they're off work, whatever. You might, uh, you might want to share the gift of Netrunner with someone who doesn't know how to play the game. That's right. So take and out what a, a what a kingly gift it would be. That would be take out a couple of extra pairs of socks and underwear and cram those learning decks in <laughs> right in, exactly. in your luggage. That's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> so much better. Oh, oh, in your luggage. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking there's a gift. Oh, oh, you can do that too. As a literal gift. That's or just a metaphorical gift. A gift of, of enjoyment. Yes, yes. Exactly. Of, of bonding with I, friends. I'm saying bring your uh, teaching decks to wherever you end up. Definitely This do that. holiday season. And yeah, uh, yeah show, show some people the game because it, it, it is infectious. And um, a lot of people, everyone that I've showed the game to has thanked me for showing the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, it catches. It always catches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, of course, the game is a bit complicated, so kind of whether or not it catches and how quickly it catches can probably vary a lot on it's, how you present it. It's going to be up to you, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that a bit, but first, but first, got to close out the Lunar Cycle. That's right. Oh, man, it's been, like, this has actually been a set of cards that, in general, I've been pretty jazzed on. Yeah, I've, like, been, I've, I, I've been loving the, the, the power of these cards. Like, it doesn't feel like they went, they went wimpy. They all kind of went pretty big. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, and is is always the case, and like, hopefully, bodes well for the future, like, health of the game. Is that it's not, it's it's always about going wide, right? Yeah, it's not like here are better ways to do things. It's always about here are different ways to do things that synergize in different ways and just give you more options. Yeah, um, because like, I mean, we kind of talked about this before, but if you if the game is just printing cards that are better than the old cards, just like objectively better, <laughs> yeah, then that's uh that goes that goes a bad way. You got, you got to think like that's that's probably the easier way to go. It's easier to just power. Oh creep, yeah, for sure it to is. power creep everything. But yeah. to make the game w- wider as they do every every expansion, that that that, that that's difficult. And yeah, like man, what a challenge. I know. But those, those guys are they they do it. They're delivering. They, they, yeah, they deliver. It's awesome. Um, so we can start on the corpse side. Yeah, let's do it. Was what what stood out? Um, what'd I, you like? What'd you dig? So I thought was um oh boy, what happened here? Um, I thought. What was kind of interesting was uh, the uh, helium deposits that, oh, we, that, that we got out right, of Wayland. right at the beginning. Yeah, right, right, right at the beginning because there's not a lot of power counter stuff. Yeah. So, if any, so, what is this? What sorry, does this card do? <laughs> my, I, I, I literally just crashed my app. So, oh. <laughs> if, if you have it handy, that'd I be do. Awesome. I got it. Perfect. Um, so, it is a new Wayland agenda. It is the helium three deposit. It is a four advance, uh, two points. And the ability of when it is scored, Helium 3 Deposit, uh, when you score it, you place up to two power counters on a card with at least one power counter on it. So, yeah, there... So what this feels like is, increasingly there have been more cards that do interesting stuff with power counters. Right. Um including another card in this set. But there are some other things as well that are pretty potent, like 
if you were if you already were say building towards some kind of Docklands crackdown thing, right? That's the that's the asset where for every power counter it has, the first card the runner installs each turn is one credit more expensive per power counter. Right. So you could use helium three deposits with that, and if it's already got like three or four counters on it, and you drop it with this, all of a sudden it's got six, and it just keeps like the deck. The Docklands Docklands crackdown is one of those cards that just like. Once it get it snowballs really, really, really badly. Like, right. Once it gets going, it's really hard to stop. Um, that's definitely a big target. Uh, another card in this set, IT department, is a pretty good target for this. Right. So, so, so it is built for splashes, though. It's not built for Wayland. Um, how much infaction stuff? Uh, Dockland, Dockland's crackdown is neutral. Yeah, it's neutral. Um, but other than that, like, I how I much Wayland really stuff much. actually has power counters on it? Do no, no. Grendel Refinery is like um, that's advancement counters. And and the ice the ice is advanced. Okay, yeah. There might be some other. There's there probably gonna be some something coming. Thing. Big box. But yeah, probably what's gonna happen. I think yeah. Um, I haven't looked at the order and chaos spoilers really in depth. Right. Uh, because that's that's so kind of that is the kind so of exciting. That's just the kind of guy you are. Um. Uh, but I imagine that this kind of represents like increasingly there will be more stuff that moves power counters around, refreshes power counters, loses power counters. Yeah, and also I heard a, a good play is uh. On um, mm. the, the op- troll play, yeah, the troll play, which is like like on, like on the opponent's um, yes, what is it, Jesus. Atman, Atman's yeah. exactly on the opponent's Atman to really yeah. bone it, yeah, because it says place two power counters on a card, yeah, it doesn't say on a corp card, so if someone if you have like a bunch of I don't know changelings and Eli's or whatever, and you're just getting like run ragged by that by by four an, four strength and you're like, oh, actually, it's a, it's a six strike, strike. strike six. So I, I like that. It's like Wayland's Wayland's just got oh. stuff off the moon. So here's your bonus data. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh goddamn it! Or turbocharging all your beta. But no, no, I can't. Ah, crap, crap, crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I like I like that that card forces uh, weird synergies, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it forces you to play the weird neutral power. It forces you to go into uh, HB for the IT department yeah. or something. Yeah. So, well, speaking of, yeah, IT department. IT department. What's the IT? The IT department is. Yeah, you're gonna have to read. I'm sorry. I actually literally lost my card list right now. Oh no. <laughs> um. Yeah. The IT department is uh, uh an HP asset. It is two to res, four to trash, just one influence. So it's pretty easy for anybody to grab. Um. And once it is resed, you can spend a click to place one power counter on the IT department. And then you can spend a hosted power counter to choose a resed piece of ice. That ice has plus one strength until the end of the turn for each power counter, including the one spent on IT department. Right. So once you get, much like Docklands Crackdown, yeah. once you get this thing up and going, it can just be vicious. Yeah, it can, lock, it can just stop your game. Yeah. Like four, like, four, four counters on it. Yeah. That's going to be like... Three or four turns of just some like really really potent like, yeah. ice or yeah, and you can keep recharging it like you 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 know you use it on a turn to like make sure the the runner can't get into some important server, and then the next turn you spend a couple more clicks charging it back up. Yep, and much like Docklands Crackdown, you want to get this really early because once you get it you know behind some cheap and they're on ice like. It just gets harder and more annoying to trash this thing. Right. And trash costs again? Four. Four. So yeah. it's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty And tough. if the runner's coming at it, like, since it's a hosted power counter, you can spend more than one. Oh, yeah. So 
Okay, so say you got five counters on this ice, right? Okay, you spend the five, you spend five, the fifth counter and the fourth counter. That ice in front of it now has plus nine strength. Yep. <laughs> and so no one's getting into the ID department that turn. No, no. <laughs> and the next turn, you just charge it back up. Right. Again, we're, we're, it is an asset, so you got to protect it. So yep. it's, it's got that same thing. Like, thank, like that's good because, man, an upgrade this strong would be kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I, for sure. I, I actually don't think upgrades are beefy enough in the world of Netrunner 2 post power counters or, or or use something that that strong yeah yeah probably the closest might be um shell corporation or something like that all oh, right i guess that's true. but it's kind of goofy in its own right way. yeah <laughs> that's right yeah much like docklands crackdown i think it's definitely cool that there are now a couple of assets that like you that encourage like strong multi-remote play or maybe not even necessarily strong multi-remote but like having a very valuable asset in a remote that like you really want to protect and becomes really important to what you want to try to accomplish. Yeah. And the dynamics of that, I think are really interesting and just like encourage you to look for cards and strategies and stuff like that, that don't necessarily happen when you're only caring about scoring, the game. scoring straight out of your centrals or yeah. building one giant glacier remote or whatever. Um, it's kind of cool that there's like, okay, this is a really value, super valuable thing you want to have, but it's not actually going to get you any points, but you're not going to want to, plug this in some what will eventually become your scoring server because you want the IT department on the board for the entire game if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's and, and like out of HP, so we got like more and more powerful cards. Again, we have Stronger Together. Like they're all about getting ice stronger. Yeah. So now you have yeah. another, another, another very, very cool option. Yeah. And the flavors, the flavor's great. You got three, 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 three uh, hardworking Dudes in the IT department just sweating it out. I think it's yep. it's very very making cool. bioroids. But I mean, that's the under the other interesting thing about it being in HB is if this thing is sitting behind an Eli, all the power counters in the world aren't going to make a difference, that's right? True. You just click through it twice. Yeah. So I don't know if that means you run it with more next ice or you, or you make put it somewhere else, stacking everything deep. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is just one influence. Like, yeah, this so, thing is great in Wayland for sure. sure. Like, man, like your stoppers will be just stronger stoppers. Yeah, like, they're 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 not going to be getting in either. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's good. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be neat. It's gonna be neat to see that card in every other uh, faction for sure. Yeah. Um. Well, we also we have to. We probably should have led with this, but it's fine. The uh, as promised in the entire lunar cycle, there right. was at least one new ID per faction. Yeah, that's and right. This, this is, is the final gen- one, the, the last, this last one. one. We got we, we we got a Jinteki one, a new Jinteki ID, uh, industrial genomics, right? Which is forty five fifteen, so normal deck size influence composition, and yep. its ability is the trash cost of each card, mm-hmm. not installed card. Each card is increased by one for each face-down card in the archives. Okay, yeah. So, at first you're like, what is going on? Right, so, <laughs> so, so I'm thinking, like, this is where Jinteki makes that, that, that punji stick death trap archives. Oh, yeah. And you just keep tossing in cards. Now, when you say every card trash, yes. that, that, that's not just, like, an asset trash cost. Right. Is this, like... Uh, well, I mean, it would be any, like, any... any trashable card. Any trashable card. Right. But they don't have to be installed, so things... oh, I see. So I access an, an access from R and D, like yep, that's going to be ed- added by one exactly. So unlike things like encryption protocol, right, which increase the trash cost of installed cards, yep, uh, the industrial genomics ID ability is just All every cards. card period. Yeah. So if you have three face down cards in the archive and the runner accesses a snare, 
they like, take three net damage and, and a tag, and they have to pay three <laughs> credits to get rid of the snare, or it's just going to hang out in your hand. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, Jinteki makes the ugliest archive runs. Oh yeah, out of any faction, of course. So this is a yeah, it's a, it's it's, de- it's definitely definitely a different approach to yeah. playing. So it, I mean, I think probably that means obviously you want to load up that archives with shocks and shikus and everything else. Yep, you can probably go grab those assets with Executive Bootcamp, right? Yeah, which is kind of nice. Um, you know, you can run econ assets like Sundu and stuff, and if you have four like face down cards in your archives, six bucks to trash a Sundu? Yeah, no, <laughs> that one, no, one's gonna, no one's gonna be doing that. <laughs> um, subliminal messaging is really great because you can All draw right. those up, and then you know, just if you're getting multiples down. back, you can use one if you really want, put the other ones face down, or just put them face down because. Like getting cards out of your hand without overdrawing is not very easy, right? Like, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to put stuff in the archives, but you don't want to throw away good things you want to Just play in the archives. Trash. Exactly, yeah. But stuff like subliminal messaging, um, uh, having reuse is probably pretty good. Yeah, that yeah, Wayland operation that lets you discard stuff for credits. That, yeah, that, yeah, that'd be a fun. Uh, a fun card to see out of Jinteki, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's really neat. It seems like what you want to do is, maybe, I don't know, this is definitely, it's a weird deck to think about, but, or, I mean, weird ID to, like, think about building a deck around, but aside from having, like, pretty valuable, like, economic assets, and obviously lots of traps in the archives, like, I don't know if you also want to maybe run stuff like Chairman Hero, or... God, even Director Haas, maybe? <laughs> like, those really yeah. high-trash-cost executives. Oh, man. Uh, having ha- Like, Haas's five points are... Or her influence is really dumbly high. But, oh, yeah. They're all... But, all the executives are... having an exec that costs, like, seven to trash is just awesome. Yeah. It's, like, so good. Like, they're they're so protected by all the, uh, the, the red tape and the bureaucracy of the corporation. Right. <laughs> the, the, the runner can't actually touch it. Right. It's like, well, he's in a meeting, and he's not really in a meeting, and oh, it's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you use, like... And then the turn when the runner finally gets into the archives and, you know, flips everything over, well, that run is going to be so goddamn terrible that they can't really go back the next turn and grab something else. So then in that turn in between, you can do some other stuff to it. It's going to be like the runner's going to blow a super turn. It's going to be great seeing runners like gear up like, okay, here we go. I know this is going to be bad. Time to get into the archives. It's going to be a miserable run. Time to go to the archives. So they they need to dig through the trash to kind of make... The corporation more accessible. Yeah, wow! How yeah. cool is that? You gotta get in. You gotta get in through the back door because they're way the hell off on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> so good. It's like, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that that theming in this cycle has been really interesting and exciting. It's like, yeah, we actually have to get to the moon, so the resources are different. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're sometimes more and, and whatever, but the resources we have to use to to be able to get to these places that are off. Off, yeah. off the grid, so to speak, uh-huh. is uh, just uh, it's just yeah. It's, things are just more complicated or more inaccessible, or they just work differently. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. cool. So how about how about another moon card? Oh. Which is shoot the moon. <laughs> oh. Which is holy crap! This card, shoot the moon, is pretty nuts. I think I remember this card because my my phone's dead. I'm sorry, oh. everyone. <laughs> um, the card is oh, thank you, Nels. Oh, it's nice and big. This is this is actually Nels is great. Nels just handed me an iPad, and I think we have like the geriatrics netrunner. Oh yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, this each is... card is the, the entire screen size. <laughs> so we'll shoot the moon. It's a double out of NBN, two influence, cost three. Res one piece of ice for each tag the runner has, ignoring all costs. Yep. So yep. 
you can actually have with mid seasons, of course, or some other crazy yeah. tag storm deck. You can have a crazy turn where you just activate everything. Yeah, like, but even like, and mid seasons is obviously a great synergy with this. But, but even, even if two, the runner only one. has like two or three tags, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm gonna res that toll booth and that archer for uh, three credits. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so a bit a, a bit of setup, but holy cow, what a what what yeah. a power play! I don't know if if what you want to do because like obviously being able to tag the runner reliably is is the key to this, right? Yep. Um, so I don't know if that means you want to keep it in NBN and just pack a bunch of bigger ice, right? Which is actually cool because that's not really how NBN plays right now, right? But you probably could do something like that where. Like, you don't need that much money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you, you just, just need that, like... Reliable t tags yeah. and but to shoot the moons. Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely do some interesting stuff with, like... Because there are a few pieces of Wayland, of NBN ice that are, like, big and annoying and expensive. Like, obviously, the perennial one is Tollbooth. But Flare yep. or, you know, even... Like, it's it's not expensive to res, but if you can res it as part of this crazy ultimate tag storm thing, like, TMI is a pain in the ass to break as long as it stays resed, right? Right, yeah. Um, but with this, there's no risk. So, like, if the runner pays down the trace from that TMI, and it was, like, one of the four ice you were resing <laughs> this turn for free, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, like, this is totally, like, um, this just, like, feels, like, very much, like, like, NBN is now online. Like, the big, like... Oh, yeah, totally. Old crap. Like, yeah. what a... What a cool card! Yeah, it's a uh, it. It will it will be interesting because like much like a lot of things, this is definitely is not the kind of thing you can just drop in a any, you know any old an deck. NEH yeah. fast advance sure. thing because it's not gonna do anything. This is right? th this is your shoot the moon deck, and when you actually hit the moon during yeah. the game, it's gonna be things you yeah. talk about forever. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's, be... it's July seventeenth, whatever it was, nineteen sixty nine, where everyone knows. Everyone knows you got to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Everyone in the world hears about it. No, it was like, it was, there was a Janus and a Tobooth, and I just, it was, it was gorgeous. Yep. We also got a, by, another Byroid, right? Yes. Marcus. Mar Marcus. Marcus is right. Marcus is cool. So Mar um, Marcus is a, like a barrier, right? Sorry. Thank you. Marcus is a four cost barrier Byroid, three strength. The runner can spend a click to break, of course, as all Byroids. Uh, one subroutine is the runner trashes one of his or her installed cards, and the next ones end the run. Mm -hmm. The forge must never run cold. And I, <laughs> I, I, I guess he's the dude that makes uh, Zeus's lightning bolts or something. I'm not too sure. I have no idea. He's 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 a blacksmith of, of of some sort. Yeah. But yeah, so we got like I I, I like these scary barriers. Like I call them scariers, and I used to run. <sighs> I I used to run I used to run wall of thorns out of faction all the time. Yeah. Because. Like, okay, barriers, like, okay, good, I, I've stopped. The runner can now do something else. But yeah. no, barriers that, that mess your shit up are, yeah. are, are super cool. So are nice, and also very rare. Yeah, so, okay, so we got, like, Galahad could get some cool stuff yep. happening with... With, with other Grey ice, ice, which is really nice. Wall of Thorns is still pretty awesome, guys. Like, it's oh, yeah. still a good card yeah. to run. It's expensive, but it's it's still solid. And then wax, and now we got Marcus, which is, like, trash and an installed card. Yeah, like, that's, and he's only one influence as well. Yeah, that's that that's that's perfect. He's a little expensive, four for th four for three, but really, yeah, three. So I mean, three strengths, two subroutines. It's not that bad. Yeah, but I, I, um, actually, I actually remember running. Uh, this card reminds me a lot about a uh, Victor one which I still think mm. is a really good card. Mm. And it's it's one of those. It's easy to look through, sure, but when you're not expecting uh, a Bioroid, yeah, the Bioroid subroutines are just vicious. Like actually, if you yeah. take away the Bioroid uh, flaw, you have probably the most powerful ice. 
totally printed, right? Which, which so is which is why the bioroid thing the is there. The balance happens. Yeah, so. and but, this guy's only one influence. So yeah, so I like I'm, I'm wanting to put him in a lot of places. Yeah, so you, you you could have the super barrier Wayland with the uh, with the uh, superior cyber walls. Exactly, and we can get like monstrous mark like markets being that big that really need to click through yeah and then they're going to be hitting barriers anyway so you have like pretty good stopping power with a pretty crazy um extra sub mm-hmm. on, on this guy yeah and it, much like um it's probably like i think i would put this into replicating perfection decks above eli for sure oh cool yeah because this guy's great on a central in, yeah. in replicating perfection, because unlike Eli, where it's like, you know, if you're kind of under the gun early game, whatever, you're like, okay, well, I, I gotta put Eli on HQ because I have nothing else there. And then it's like, well, if the runner wants to run on one of your remotes, they just hit Eli, bounce off. So with, yeah, with Marcus, right. they have to spend at least one click on top to of not the run. trash yep. something unless they have like yeah. absolutely zero cards installed. But if it's zero cards installed, they're not probably getting into your remotes anyway. So yeah. whatever. Yeah, okay, yeah. I didn't even thought about that in that deck, but that's, that's, that's a really, really great central. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So in faction, it's like that versus Eli. Yeah, you're probably going to Eli, sure. Yeah. But out of faction, I think it's definitely is a strong contender for playing around with at least. Yeah. HP has some, HP has the splashable, like, right? E- three Eli's is pretty commonplace. Yeah. Splash real. So now we have another cool contender. Yeah. Not, not as strong, but hey, you know what? Everything was at four for a while, and that was what was messing up with Atman. So right. maybe now, now we have, like, the wall of static range, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I, I remember great tourney decks were running one-offs of wall of statics because it screwed up the math of the AI breakers. Yeah. So now we have something like a, a, a meaner, like a teethier wall of static. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but, uh, what else did you spot in? Uh, uh, well, th- this one, it's... Mostly because of its flavor text. But <laughs> another uh, piece of NB and Ice, Troll. Oh, yes, Troll. So, I like this too. I like yeah. this one, yeah. So it is just one cost to res, three strength. It's a century. It's two influence. And it doesn't have any, any subroutines. There is no subroutine on Which this I didn't initially realize. I'm like, okay, this is all right, whatever. But rather, it is when the runner encounters Troll, you trace two. Yep. If successful, the runner must either lose a click or end the run. Right. And the flavor text is... You gotta, gotta pay, pay the, the troll toll to get in, <laughs> which is always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. And when I just, saw it, just horrible, wretched, gross Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito hobbling around, yeah. and it was that was oh man. I, in, I, in in of course the Nightman cometh. The Nightman cometh, which is their <laughs> musical. And when I saw this, like I I I, I, I hearken back to that episode watching it, and that, that, that that's like a gut wrenching episode. Oh, yeah. Just how like oh yeah, how foul it is. Oh yeah, um, and it was awesome. And I'm, so now you know like how like the guy the guys that make these cards watch Archer, they watch Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. Yeah, they're actually just like us. They're just like the, the, oh, the yes. group of people that we all are on. So. Yeah. Um, one it is a, a one it, for three century though too. Holy yeah. crap! In in making news for sure, where that trace two is almost always going to be a trace, trace four, four anyway. That's like that's pretty goddamn annoying. Yeah, for I a mean, one res. Yeah, if you're running on your last click, okay, whatever. But you're running last click on NBN, which means you might well end up ending your turn tagged. Yep, and that's never a place you want to be in. That's right. So cool, yeah, it's cool. cool. Cheap stopping power without a subroutine, and I don't know what ramifications that has. Like yeah. yet, you know, the ice has zero subs. Of what is that? good is that bad that's strange for one yeah thing. it's so yeah yeah it's um it was mostly the flavor text but it is a cool interesting annoying so thing so help me out do, how do you break that you don't. you don't so you just can't break it 
Right. So it just always will happen. Unless you're bypassing it with Femfetal. Right. Or, I mean, if you're putting your Femme Femme on that, like, good oh, lord. But yeah, this will just always happen, which yeah. I think is an important thing to think about yeah. with, with with a card like this. Like, they're, they're, they're forced to interact with this card. Yep. And this is going to hit this, hey, this hey, trace. You got to pay the troll toll. You got to pay the troll toll. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, actually, I love the image of the, the troll crawling through the, the... There's a sweet, beautiful data line. Like and Cyber Bridge. Cyber Bridge, and there's, there's like monsters just like crawing through it. Yeah. It's very, very cool. It's living under the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um... They, I guess they we, they, they could have done Danny DeVito though. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would have yeah. been really good. Too. It does. Unfortunately, it does not look very DeVito. I know. That that's, is, that uh, you know that's okay. That's okay. But. That is probably for the best. <laughs> um, I guess we we should talk about the final the the final fragment agenda. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the Utopia fragment. So like the other two, it is a five advanced three point agenda. One off. Limit one per deck. Limit one. Um, but its ability is that when it is scored. As an additional cost to steal all the agendas on the board after this, the runner must pay two credits for each advancement token on that agenda. So basically, after you score this, almost everything turns into an NAPD contract as long as it's been advanced. Yeah. Which is, if this is on an... if, If you score this and then... You put two advancement counters on an actual NAPD contract. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> it's yeah, disaster. This is a this is this card was spoiled a little bit in like the draft. Yeah, uh, overdrive draft. Yeah. I believe it was, and it, it sitting in the overdrive draft is kind of like meh, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, but it now like you're saying with NAPD with with super high advanced things like a, a prior act with three tokens on it yeah six you, you credits break everything and pay six yeah it's kind of like ugh, ugh. so yeah I, again it has that one-off nature it can be at the mm. bottom of your deck you're never gonna see it so don't yep. don't hinge your whole deck on it unless you're fast tracking or, or whatever you're doing right. with it but I, I i still think fast tracking a five three is is the most ballsy, ballsy. play <laughs> it is the most ballsy play you could possibly do especially when you you like sh- you reveal it and you just put it face down on the deck yep. that, that, that is like the the sweetest move yep it's the pretty good move it's pretty good so cool like I, I i've been really happy with the fragments like they're all so different they play yeah. all the same like you could if you want put all three in your deck and there's, yeah, sure. there's your nine spread and you're gonna have like some weirdness i, I remember anyone anytime this was scored when i was playing like the game changes in an interesting way yeah and i thought that was like fascinating because yeah you were never sad to score one of these no yeah ever and like, like i've been sad to score a Pryrek when i'm d- playing my court very well right and i'm like Pryrek as uh, wall of static like what am i Pryrek? Yeah. what like pop up like what am i Pryreking? yeah but uh fragments will always their abilities up. are always nice yeah their abilities yeah. are always so nice. sometimes some sometimes more sometimes less but they're always nice. And yeah. I think, yeah, having a deck that has all three of them and then builds interesting, like, interactions, regardless of which one you score, because you're, yeah. you're not going to, obviously, you're not going to score all three, because if you did, you won. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you score any one of them, interesting stuff will happen we'll start regardless. Yeah. That could be kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, I've been a big fan of the fragments and shards. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we also, I mean, we're just almost talking about all of these cards, but there are so many like through lines that the final thing shows up. It's like, okay, well we should probably cap it off. Right. Right. Um, the final piece of grail ice. Yes. Excalibur. Excalibur. So Excalibur is weird. Yeah. Excalibur is weird uh, because Excalibur is, it's a two cost mythic ice. Yep. And we've seen some mythics. We've seen mother goddess. We've seen, um, chimera. Yep. Or if that's the pronunciation, yep. uh, this is a two cost 
three strength mythic ice. So I don't even know what the swing on mythic ice strength is supposed to be. Yeah, but it, it looks high to me. But sure, <laughs> it's a uh, so it's grail ice. It's 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 unique. So only yes. one can be res at a time because hey, it's Excalibur people. Yeah, you can't get a knockoff Excalibur. Yeah, the, uh, it has one sub. It's the runner cannot make another run this turn, and it has this amazing actual quote probably from King Arthur. Yeah, it's it's from a Tennyson poem about. Camelot. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, I, I I won't butcher it by reading it, but it, it's good, and you should definitely read it. <laughs> but so, this is now this card. So unlike the rest of the Grail Ice, this guy doesn't have any influence. That's oh my! I didn't even notice that. Yes, that's right. Zero influence. Zero influence. I guess it's because it was getting pretty high. If you wanted a full oh, yeah. suite of yeah. Grail Ice, and you probably don't want three Excalibur. No, anyway, you don't. No, you don't. But you may want two because yep. you can have one on the board and one in your and hand. it will pick up and it has the ability of all the other Grail Ice. Yep. So it will pick up other subroutines, and then so you like. This thing with uh, a um, a Galhead in your hand means they need an AI breaker to, to get through it. To stop. Period. Yeah, yeah. Which is nuts. I mean, granted, you can only have the one, so mm-hmm. you can completely lock down like R&D or whatever, but you can't have another one. Yeah, of there's, there's always a way in, guys. Remember yep. that? Yep. But you could have another one in your hand, so then you could reveal it with Galheads or Lancelots or Merlins or whatever. Yeah. So that is, it seems like the right number of Excaliburs is probably two. Yep. Uh, yeah, and and maybe a way to get them or yeah. something. But this is a car that, like, okay, if you're if you're in RP, for example. Oh yeah, good lord! Oh, my, I, like, I, I don't even want to see this in replicating perfection. When yeah. you like make that one run, hit an Excalibur, you're like, well, Ugh. I guess I'll, uh, I guess <laughs> Armitage code busting. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 what do you? It's do? not like replicating perfection needed any help. <laughs> Yeah, but but it actually feels like a lot of these cards are like, oh, this is going to be great in RP. It's right. like, hey, by the way, guys, everyone's playing RP, so yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. spread it around a bit. Yeah. But. but it's cool. Just I mean, that's always, that's like, you put that on a central, right? And it's like, that's just often people will, you know, hit a central before they hit a remote, mm-hmm. even if you're not playing RP, just because like, that's hypothetically where the agendas are. Yep. So you surprise somebody with this, and then they're like, oh, crap, that remote I was about to check, um, uh-oh. You just can't check it. And yeah. So a very, very cool way, and this is awesome. This is like this is like the, the the period at the end of the Grail Ice, I feel. Yeah. Right? Like, it was all leading up with all the the famous Knights of the Round, and then, bam, we finished with Excalibur. It's yeah. like a perfect end cap to the to the whole... Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so finally, just because this is both interesting and it synergizes with some of the stuff we talked about earlier... Right. Self-destruct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. self-destruct. self-destruct what's, is awesome. what's this card now? Self-destruct is an upgrade. It is uh, neutral, so has no influence. Not, it is neutral and has no influence. Obviously, some neutral cards can't have influence. Um, but it's neutral. It is two to res, zero to trash. <clears throat> it can be installed only in a remote server. Right. Because you, you, you can't blow up your HQ. Yes. Let's be honest. You're not that crazy. No. <laughs> you're not that crazy. Um, you trash self-destruct. That's his only ability. Um, and what it does is it trashes all cards installed in or protecting this server. Yeah. So that includes all the ice, all the ice. as well. Yeah. And then you trace X, um, where X is equal to the number of cards that were trashed. If that trace is successful, you do three net damage. Yeah. So. Like the, the, the hard to defend damage. You, oh yeah. Like you can be encased in three sets of plasgreed armor but this is still <laughs> sawing through your brain oh yeah it's um so i mentioned this because 
if you were, say, playing industrial genomics and you had a chairman hero on the board that you've been using to mess with the runner's day and keep them scared about flat lines, you can put one of these guys on there. And so after the runner finally gets into your pain in the ass archives, takes a bunch of damage from those shocks, picks up a she then goes for chairman hero, you're like, oh, actually, I'm just going to push the button. And now you take three more net damage. Oh, my God. God, yeah, that that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you can. In addition to, I I think the thing that this keeps safe best are the executives mm. because they. I mean, they're kind of protected already a bit by their trash costs. Yeah, trash costs, and 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 you're and you're gonna be putting them. You're not you're not gonna be playing them naked anyways. You're gonna yeah. be putting them somewhere safe. Yeah, exactly. So uh, hypothetically, like one, they're safe. They're protected by their trash cost. They're protected by the ice protecting. When the runner finally gets what they need to get into them, you can just detonate them with this. Like, right. you can use this... So, so this actually will get rid of the... Ice. So the it's, no, but so the executive will actually be trashed as well. Yep. Uh, well out of the reach of the runner anyways. Correct. So, yeah. Yeah, so they're you, just gone and safe. You, yeah, you, you set up a crazy, crazy uh, sting operation, which is... <laughs> it's I, pretty I, good. I just love that. That's, yeah. that's so cool. You could obviously use it to keep... Um, agendas safe too. Yep. Which is nice, but then the agenda's just in the archives, and so and you he's, need like he's gonna he's gonna want to hit it. Yeah, again. an architect or a Jackson Howard or whatever to get to to pull it back out. Um, oh, I, I love the executive play on that. Yeah, that is so cool. Wait, with the executive, it's like okay, well then they're in the archives now. They probably did what they needed to do anyway. Yeah, I got I got I got four extra turns out of my Haas or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, especially if you have some like junky cheap ice in front of this. That's oh yeah, like, that you're gonna blow up anyways. Yeah, that's like thing. a paper wall yeah, or when, whatever. Whenever I because I used to I used to <clears throat> I used to triple Haas in next ice just for fun. Oh my god, which is like oh dude, it's like it's it it it, it when it works, it works and it. What it does, and, it really uh, no, doesn't. and it always doesn't work. I think is. The, <laughs> I think. I think what it, what it works, what it, it works, and it never works. <laughs> yeah, I should have called the deck that. But having um, ha- ha- having the the executive the the Haas server, I called it when they finally got in and busted her up and scored the points or whatever. Right. The server was kind of just null, anyways. Right. Because they have the capabilities of getting in. They already got in. So like having self destruct is such a cool way of nixing that whole server, saving your executive. And hitting them in the nuts for three net damage. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or forcing them to pay even more. Sure. Yeah. yeah. To, 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 Either to way. That trace. Oh. Very, oh. very cool. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Um. So over on the runner side, mm-hmm. we got we got a bunch of we got a bunch of weird viruses stuff. stuff, and we also got a shapers account siphon. Yeah. 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 Right. Um. Where do you want to start? We should start at the weird viruses. Okay. I I I think the viruses should get uh should get noticed. We have um incubator, which I think a lot of people were already saw and were quite excited about. I think it was in was it in overdrive? It it might have been. No, been? I I I don't know where it would fit in overdrive because I guess you would have had a. Uh, oh yeah, because it's hard to draft other viruses. Yeah, I I they they did have hemorrhage in overdrive. I do remember uh. that. I remember because I think Kaylee drafted three of them and I think he misread the. You misread something. I'm like, dude, it's not gonna work. He's like, oh, oh no. Nah, son of a bitch. <laughs> It was good, uh, but that hey hey that happens in draft quite a bit. <laughs> you, you, you think you have a wonderful plan, and then when you sit down and build your decks, you read the cards, and you're like, oh, this isn't gonna work at all. Yeah, so that's in- right. So incubator, uh, it's a anarch three. It's 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 the it's a quite common three influence anarch card because yep. this is like this is ours, guys. Stop yes. stop taking our data suckers. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is our card. Uh, Three cost, one MU. It's a virus. When you when your turn begins, place one virus counter on incubator. Click and trash. Move all virus counters from incubator to another installed virus program. So that's like a that's that can turn all like you can actually uh, surprise someone with like a four counter medium. Or oh yeah, like a or 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 a, or a hand destroying 
nerve agent yep. or, or, or something. Yeah, you, you couple this with either medium or nerve agent plus demo run. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah. That's it. So it's 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 cool because again, it's still a virus. It still takes a bit of time to charge. You can surge it, of course, and yeah. and whatnot. But uh, and it's not cheap. It isn't cheap. Like three three is pretty expensive. That yeah. ah, oh, I guess it is kind of nice as a surge bank, though. I mean, so all the virus counters on this will go away if it's purged. That's right. Um, it will hang around. Yeah, which the, is nice. the card itself will hang around and just keep charging up. Mm. Um, so I guess it's kind of a way to like put a very soft pressure on the corp to purge viruses, yeah. even if the stuff isn't directly threatening. Yeah, because we, we've, we've seen an introduction with stuff like Lamprey. We have cards that when you purge, they're, they're wrecked. Yeah, they just they're get gone. Which I don't deleted. think belongs in decks like... I, I think those viruses belong in a different kind of deck, it feels like. Yeah. Like you want, you want to get that free turn mm-hmm. and you want to like hammer them with it. Yeah. And I don't know if you can do that with, with, with cards like Incubator. Incubator feels like more traditional in, yeah. in, in the way Anarch uses viruses. Yeah. But yeah, like neat. It's, it's neat to see everyone knew that a card like this was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember there was like that in like uh, on, on Reddit, there's all those threads of like invent a card or whatever. Right. A lot of them became kind of like either consoles that did this or they just love the idea of moving virus counters around. Right. Which is, which is, which is pretty right, cool. Right, right. Yeah. And an, and another Anarch yep. uh, virus is what? Exotidae. die, And it's like a gross blue it's louse. A, it's, it's like what, uh, it's a wood either a, tick. It's either a louse or a wood tick. A wood tick. It's, it's giving you Lyme disease. Oh, it's gross. <laughs> and, and, and what does this card do? So it's a virus. Um, it is one credit to install one MU. Everyone's favorite. Yep. Two influence. Uh, noise loves it. Um, whenever the corp loses at least one credit, you gain a credit. That's right. And then you trash Exotidae die if the corp purges virus counters. So Exotidae die plus Lamprey is, is the a, most annoying is thing a, in the world. It's a pretty great swing. <laughs> Exotidae die Lamprey means that the corp will be purging soon. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. But until they do, you're gaining credit every time you hit their HQ. Right. Um, what's other stuff like... I mean, obviously you can vamp them, but v- it's like... V- vamp, you're going to get one back. You're going to get one back. It's just not... Ah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much other stuff there is that... that well, is... is Like, a can account siphon, the corp is losing money. So you are yep. still getting okay. one yeah, more. You're getting one more. But yeah. it, what, what is kind of funny is um the 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 more times this uh, the more times the losing fires, mm-hmm. the better for this card. Yeah. And the big hits are usually like vamp and siphon, and yeah. you're getting one back, so it's kind of moot. It's just kind of like not the biggest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The biggest thing, like you want the, the the lamprey thing. You want like the small bits of losing money. Yeah, lamprey for sure. Yeah. Um I don't know what other good cinders. I mean, there there are probably more coming sure. in order. And, and again, like a one cause virus. I think noise would prefer just having a blank virus that does nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. like the Lisa's card does something. Yeah. Common it's, cold. Yeah. <laughs> What's it do? Yeah, not much. It, 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 it has some great flavor text. Yep. And it's a one cause <laughs> virus, and noise runs it in his deck. Yep. <laughs> um. So. The the shapers account siphon right now Nels you you're a big shaper so I do like shapers I think well I, I just like I I played against really really strong decks of yours that are shaper so what's your view on this card here and and what what, what card yeah is it? so it is code siphon it's a zero um, cost run event you make a successful you make a run on R and D if that run is successful instead of accessing cards just like account siphon yep uh, you may search your stack for a program and install it lowering the install cost by three 
for each piece of ice protecting R&D, and then take one tag. Now, now your stack. And also... It's for influence. Yeah, so yeah. This you're probably is, not going to see it anywhere else very much. It's going to be in Shaper. The, the ultimate tutor. And man, I got to say, the art on this card is like this whirlwind of power. It looks so like... Epic. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's, like, it's pretty I, intense. I think this is why the corp tagged you because they see this like firework display, right? And they're just like, okay, I think I know where he is. It's like I browned out seven blocks around him, so <laughs> that's probably where it is. <laughs> yeah, which um, is why it's just one tag and not two, I guess. Yes. Yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere. Around there. Uh, it's cool. I mean, anytime you have like tutors, it's nice, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, in a sense, it's like. Since you're probably going to have to pay to remove that tag anyway, like, right. the Adding economic to... advantage isn't that much better than self-modifying code, kind of. Yeah, I guess it's true. If it's just one, I mean, you, you get the three ice, you get the three credit discount for one piece on, of ice on R&D, right. so I'm, it's okay. I'm picturing, like, like a, you, like, hit a pop-up window, and you're, the, the, the card's like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> the pop-up window gives them the bargain, or, or, or something yeah. as ridiculous as what, that. What is really nice is as soon as there's multiple ice on... R&D. Yeah. Then this thing starts to get crazy, right? Because yeah. you're two ice on R&D means you could siphon and you install Magnum Opus for free. Right, yeah. And then you use it once to get enough money to clear the tag, then you clear the tag, and now you have uh, Opus for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anything that lets you play fewer copies of a really powerful program, right, but that you only ever are going to want one of, yeah. is really nice. Um, you can, so so you can grab that out of faction hemorrhage if you're doing a weird hemorrhage deck or something like that. Like, yeah, you can just put in one offs, and if as long as you run enough code siphons, you're going to be seeing these 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 power cards that you've just crammed one in. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. cool. That's... And I mean, obviously, people want to protect their R and D against shapers anyway. Right. But this kind of pays you back when they do that. Yeah. So it's pretty nice. I think of all the shapers, Kit loves it especially because right. if there's only one ice on R and D, you're guaranteed. Yeah, it's code to, gate and it's you're guaranteed to get it anyway. Yep. And then as soon as there's two, well, that's probably about the time when you're going to want to get your other breaker. So you can pro you know what the first one is because you have been face checking. You've been hitting it for the game. Yep. So you figure out what to get with that. Then you use that to grab some other big, nice program like the Opus or a cheapo Femme Fatale or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. I definitely, I definitely like it. Like, I don't know. Like, it, I don't think it completely replaces Test Run or Self-Modifying Self sure. but it might replace one of them. Yeah. Like, maybe you go three Test Runs and three of these, or two Test Runs and two of these, or whatever. Right. Now, now, now help me out. We don't have the Anarchs, like, Garbage Siphon yet, right? No. We don't. I think... I, th I can't remember if... That is one of the things that's in order in chaos. Yeah, I like. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But I don't know what it would do. Yeah, I know. That's that. That's because why, they that's already why I'm super excited. They already have like, like a, a, they already have retrieval, retrieval run, run. So it can't be installing a program. Yeah, but 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 it needs to be that zero cost power run that, that the shaper got and that the, yeah. the criminals got. Yeah. And it's got to be on be. their server, their weird little garbage server. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I like. It pulls more things from. R&D into, into the archives? Yeah, I, like, I, like, I don't know. I, like, uh, I don't know either. But, 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 but what's cool with these cards is like, um, it's it was first turn siphon out of faction was such a, used to be such a power play and it still pretty much is. Yeah. If, if, if you left your HQ open, you're going to get siphoned. And if you, get, if you left your R&D open, you can get code siphoned if you, but that's not as likely. Yeah. Right? So it's like, just not, it's like, you can get a free tutor, which is okay, but yeah. you're doing so, it in so exchange for getting I, tagged. I, I, ah. I think the fall off is actually going to be like worse because uh, you're going to get a first turn open archives run. So this this card can't be too good. Right, 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 It's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see what you mean. Where like later, maybe it's like later in the game for like 
you pick one card that is in the archives and then you find all other copies sure. in R&D and you put those also in the archives or something. I don't know. Right, right. So, or you do that so, for like trashing. each ice in front of R&D, yeah. in front of the archives. Yeah. I don't, like, I, I don't know. But yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. Good, good, good to see Shaper get that card. Yeah, it's interesting. I will definitely be mucking around with it and cool. seeing what I can do. Yeah. Um, speaking of weird Shaper cards... There's oh, right. also... There's a couple in here. Yeah. Uh, Sage. Sage, right. This is the Code Gate Breaker and Barrier Breaker built into one. Yes. Right. It is, it is both a decoder and a fractor. It's not an AI. Right. It is just both a decoder and a fractor. It is a four credits to install, two MU. Um, so it is just base strength zero. Right. You cannot spend credits to increase its strength. Nope. But its strength is increased by one for each unused, unused MU. MU the runner has right and then you spend two credits to break a code gate or barrier subroutine yeah so i don't know exactly what you do with this but know. whatever you do will be pretty cool yeah like, it's, so so you're, you're, you're automatically if, if this is your primary breaker of those two things yeah and you've set yourself with enough mu or whatever chips yeah. and whatnot you saved quite a bit of deck space Oh, yeah. Right? Like, a ton of deck space. Yeah. Because co-gates and barriers are now handled. Yep. So that opens up your... That opens up deck space. And as we all know, in Netrunner, that's your most valuable resource. Yeah, absolutely. Every card's amazing, but I can't fit them all in. What do I do? What do I do? Since it's not an AI, you definitely want to put this on Dinosaurus. Yeah. Unless you have some other console that really, really, really makes sense, you definitely want to slap this guy on Dinosaurus. It's a strength five... And like pretty much the best. Yeah. In <laughs> Chaos Theory, this guy's on Dinosaurus and has strength four. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. That's... You can augment it with data suckers or personal touch. Sure. Um, and I, then... I, I do love the idea of, of betting it all on the super console. And, yeah. And then the corpse just like, oh, good thing I have shattered remains. Or, or, <laughs> right. or, or, or something like that. It's like all my card, all my eggs are in this basket, and this yeah. basket is crushing you. So yeah, because the anti AI stuff doesn't really help with this guy, right? Like, that's right, it doesn't. Yeah, uh, swordsman and wraparound, like yeah. two credits, wraparound is gone. I, I guess swordsman still hits it because it's a sentry, but you 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 take you one net damage. Yeah, say la vie. <laughs> yeah, right. You like, must, and, and plus you must have like you can just focus all your 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 sentry builders uh, like in interesting ways. Yeah, that can be your other like, influence because fairies and sharpshooters and sure maybe like, that's enough yeah. yeah 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 it's it's cool but it's weird mm-hmm. but it's cool i like it and yeah. unfortunately the flavor text is all in greek and i meant to look up what it says but i didn't so yeah. if anyone looked it up because i will probably forget to check it afterwards right they should let us know hey, yeah that, yeah that'd be great that'd be it thanks for helping us out guys we also got a very weird 2mu cost shaper card oh yes so this card this card is actually called Collective Consciousness costs two, two MU, which yeah. is huge. It's huge MU. It's not that expensive to install, but it's huge MU. Right. It's a two, two influence shape, two influence, sorry. Uh, it says draw one card whenever the corp reses a piece of ice. Yeah. So it's kind of like a shaper compromised employee. Yeah. And sort of. I, 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 I played a guy in draft. Um, it was a game that I did quite well in, but he, he, did have, he did have this card rezzed early. I guess he drafted some of them. And I was hmm. like, that's a strange draft pick because I'm thinking I, I would have never picked a card like that. Right. But he had it out, and um, as I noticed that, just like with compromised employees, like oh he's getting a little bit of money every time I res, the card was way more powerful. Right? Yeah. Because a card is always like, better. A card is like, always better than one credit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah typically, yeah. and this so this this is something that you have out not all the time at the beginning of the game or something. Yes, you absolutely want this early because it accelerates you getting set up for everything else. And once you're yeah. set up, you don't really need it anymore. Because yes. at that point, the, most of the corpse ice is going to be rezzed anyway. Yeah. 
So, 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 so it's just an interesting like uh, tempo change. Yeah, that it, I it accelerates the early game, and it's not that expensive to get down. And then, like, you can just you just run like crazy, right? Yeah, and I'm also wondering with the um, as we talked about with Brody on last episode, cards that use up your MU are sometimes beneficial. Like having, oh, yeah. having your MU taken up is sometimes quite good. Yeah, or in, will be in the future. Or, anyway. or will be in the future. Um, so, so, so I think cards like this, like cheap ways to bolster your used MU, yeah. might be good, making this card even cooler. Yeah, I think in the future. Yeah, and, right, right, and, right, right. Now I know that it doesn't look too flashy, but yeah. I know that eventually it's, it's the kind of thing that doesn't seem flashy. But I imagine as soon as you actually play with it, you'll be like, man, this guy did a lot of work. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. it offers like a tiny bit of flatline protection too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like. Unless you're hitting, like I resident Katana. Oh, you son of a bitch! You got yeah. one more. Yeah, okay. Yeah, unless unless you hit like a Koma Inu or something, it's like okay. Well, it makes you you get one extra card of buffer, which is nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that, like on the surface eh, seems okay, but once you probably play it, you'll be like, oh damn. Yeah. It's oh, cool. not bad. And then later, like late game, you can probably scavenge it out for something else. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Don't don't code siphon it. I don't think. <laughs> no, you probably... code siphon. Collective consciousness. No, Carps is shaking his head. <laughs> I, have a, I have a tag. I'm set. Um. Oh, the last thing that I thought was especially interesting was the neutral. Oh yeah. Location. Um. S- some kind of hotel. What is the it? Earthrise Hotel. Earthrise Hotel on the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh. Four it cost, is, holy crap. Four cost, so it's pretty expensive, and it's unique. Um, but when you install Earthrise Hotel, you place three power counters. There they are again. There they are. Um, power <laughs> counters on Earthrise Hotel. Uh, when there are no power counters left, you trash it. Yep. So when your turn begins, you draw two cards and remove one power counter from Earthrise Hotel. Yeah, so it's like Wild Side, but you don't even lose a click. Yeah. You just it get... just only lasts for three turns. Sure. So uh, this card this card is like... I want the, I wanted this card so bad for my supplier deck because it's yes. like the yeah. best card. With the supplier, it is great. It's the best. It is Because the, the other thing that's the, the supplier, like if you're running this with the supplier, the other thing that, that having the supplier does is that when you draw extra cards and you're like, okay, well, I want these, but I don't want these right now and I don't have the money to install them... You can just tuck them away on the supplier yeah. until you get the cash, right? Yeah. And you're also not burning yourself out dancing all night. Like, right. Like, like, you, like, you, like you would if you were wild-siding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, and also, I love those cards, there's a cap on it. So it's like, oh, now you're uh, now you're gone from the hotel, and yep. you, 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 checked you, out. you you don't get the card flood anymore. Because, hey, you just got six extra cards for no click cost, Yeah, more or less. Yeah. So now is the time when that should go away and now I can play and win the game. Yeah, or, exactly. Or play play like, harder. Yeah, you play a sure gamble and then this, so you basically turned one econ card into six card draw. Yeah. That's pretty good. Pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, so cool to see cool to see that card. Uh, I think it's cost appropriately. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely want to try this with the supplier and then see see what else see yeah. what else from there it's, it's just gonna be good yeah um so in general i thought all of the lunar cycle stuff was pretty cool yeah um it's always nice to, to see a new data pack and just be like oh i want to try this i know and this, it's, uh, and this and this oh crap <laughs> i i think there's the, the there's the one downside of netrunners is, is there's so many so much stuff and so little time i know to to to, to build all you want to try and try all you want to build and and yeah. yeah but there's one way you can you can find more time and how's that? Just to have more people to play with. That's right. And how do we get more people to play with over the holiday season? That's a good question. We're it's it's, it's got to be show people the joy of Netrunner. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Make make that your gift. Save That's some right. money. Just yeah. bring your learning decks and yeah. say this is my gift to you. And sit down your <laughs> your friends and loved ones, and show them how to run some nets. Yeah. It's absolutely true. Um. 
I mean, in general, I think teaching the game can be a bit tricky. Is like it's. I think it's a lot easier if someone who's playing the game has played like a Magic or the Pokemon trading card game or whatever. Right. I, I just those are probably the two most popular ones. Yeah. Um. So it's a little bit easier. Um. Or if someone has played like some more you know complicated European style board games like. You know, if someone's played like a Dominion or whatever, you'd be like, okay, well, imagine you played, you did all the deck building stuff in Dominion before, before we sure. started playing the game. Yeah, I'm actually in, in, in almost a side school of thought of that. I think it's a lot easier if they uh, have read, have or just into the cyberpunk thing. Oh, yeah. Which, which because it's not as like, again, I, as I told you, uh, to mentioned before, like, I'm not really into the cyberpunk thing. Mm-hmm. Like, my stuff's like goofy old hack slash Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> like, ne- like the idea of, of cyber threats and stuff, I didn't really get into until I got into this. Game. Right. Um, but I found that uh, if people were like, Big big time readers of cyber cyberpunk stuff. This 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 game. They're like, I just want to learn how to play it, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they like they they had a they were easier to 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 take along for the ride, so to speak. Uh, when when like a magic person will just be approach it like a card game. These guys approached it as an experience that they want. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's like that is part of the va- like just the, the just the design experience whatever value of like a really strong theme is that it actually makes the rules and the way you play the game much easier to internalize. Right. Oh yeah. Like yeah. that's kind of the challenge with some like really I mean they're good but like a really bloody abstract like sure. Reiner Kinesia like European style board game. It's yeah. like it you're in the desert. These are camels. It's like but I'm just moving around cubes and doing math it's like he's your goddamn imagination well, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but with this it's like okay well you know it's very easy to be like okay you're a hacker yeah you're trying to use all your crazy programs and software to break into that person's servers yeah. and they, they're trying to protect their servers with their own programs and and, the, and their deck is peppered with these agendas and this is like their secret plans and i i actually i, I always love explaining yeah the game uh, uh, not 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 so much as rules and numbers and stuff, but just explain what the game is. Yeah, and people just get it. Yeah, I like I think once someone kind of understands the metaphor, then it's a lot easier to understand the rules, which themselves are like not crazy, but they are a little bit crunchy, especially yeah. if you haven't played a game like this. Yeah, and again, again, before. it's 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 wide. It isn't too tall. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of mechanics. A lot, uh, all the mechanics are quite simple, yes. but there's just a lot of them. Yes, which I think is a pretty big hurdle to get, to get over for someone. Yeah. So I mean that is. Kind Kind of, so um, not too long ago, FFG put out some like demo teaching decks yeah. that were um, smaller deck size and meant for, for games like intentionally made simpler. Uh, you only played a six points instead of seven, and they basically like removed some of the important but ancillary mechanics from the game. Yeah, okay. So like, oh, what are some things they dodged? They removed link. Like, there's no notion sure, of link. Sounds good to me. The only I th- basically the, those teaching decks were. Um, Kit, I believe. Uh, what? It was a Kate. Kate, right? Kate, okay, sorry. Uh, the sh- the core shaper ID versus core Jinteki. and the only trace in the entire set, I believe, is just the no, no, no. There's no tracing at all. Okay. And the only tag in the entire set comes from a snare. snare okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think, and I think that's a good way because I know that whenever I'm teaching the game, trace does come up, and it's a little weird. The, it's like, yeah, then players are like, well, what's this? Like, okay. Kind of ignore that for now. Yeah, let's like, just focus on the. On the corporation the will spend some money, and then you'll spend some money yeah, if you want. But then if they spent more, oh sorry, if they spent more than you, then this other thing happened. It's like, uh, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. When, when when really like what you want is you want. Again, I find it. It's always easier if you set up as a corp and they're the hacker. 
Yes. That's probably the easiest way of doing it. Because yeah, yeah. you're because giving a new player, okay, protect yourself. They're just gonna just be confused and right. like not wonder. But being as a runner, so you have one you you, you want to get the agendas that you've seen that are peppered throughout this deck. Mm-hmm find a way of getting them. And yeah. that's that's a little bit easier for someone to grasp. And yeah. then, yeah. Probably, I don't know. Hmm, hmm. I don't know if it's better to, like, if you have the option, I don't know if it's better to, like, have two new people play against each other and, and you then coach. just being, like, coaching them that's, both. That, okay, I, I've, I've actually done both. And um, I, I think I, think I kind of just prefer being um, totally in control of the experience because then I can actually throw the game. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. And, and, and I'm like, oh, if I resist Neural Katana, I know I'll kill you. I won't resist. Sure. Or, or, or but, but then I'm, I'm, I'm never usually one to sandbag. But with Netrunner, I, I, I care about the game so much that I want everyone to have an excellent first impression of it. Right. And I remember I was showing, I believe I was showing Eric Rao, who builds board games, and he's a local, uh-huh. local game developer, working on City Builder. It's gonna be beautiful. And it's, oh man, nice. It's a, it's, it's an amazing game. By yeah. the way, you should definitely check it out next time you run into him. Oh, we'll. We'll get him to get us a copy. The uh, we'll pay for a copy. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was playing a game, and uh, basically, it was at the point where I, I had everything on lockdown, and he had then all of a sudden he had sneak door, and he played mm. sneak door, and he he's like he's like he, before that point of the game, he was like I can't get in, like I can't win, right. and I was trying to just tell him like there's always an option, there's always there's always an avenue for the runner to have. He drew into a sneak door. Or, or, or some card like that, and basically just wipe through archives and score the two agendas right out of my hand. Nice. And I was like, that's, he's like, well, he's like, that was awesome. I'm like, yes, it was awesome, right? <laughs> like, how awesome was that? It was, it was incredible. There's, right. You're, you're, you're not going to get through this Janish, you're not going to get through this crazy crap I've read, but he's actually, he like had this, his, he, he net runnered out of victory. Yeah. And uh, trying to, trying to, find those situations is a lot easier if you are like directing if you're kind of puppeteering the match a little bit yeah because yeah, yeah. I can give advice because because they don't know what the cards are or what mm-hmm. what to play this or like can you look at this card what does this card do and when do I use it right uh, you can be like okay well this card is is like this it's like this is what your your hacker is doing to this area yeah and again like with the theme and the story like backing that up it's like yeah you've you've gone in through the back door and now you're in my HQ and I didn't protect my my, my archives because I didn't think you would do that right and then all of a sudden the room's like oh I, I, I'm yeah. getting it now yeah I think that's that's pretty valuable um, for a while I, I keep going back and forth about this like I thought the initial mac- matchup of Shaper and Jinteki was a bit rough for like teaching and that I, I, Jinteki I and Wayland is better but with those really cut down like teaching demo decks it's probably works out yeah, the Jinteki, like, the the value of, like, the Jinteki stuff has a little bit of teeth. Yeah. Um, but it's not, like, the teaching deck is not so crazy loaded with traps and stuff that probably someone will blow up immediately. Right. Um, yeah, like, I, I remember getting hit with Katana's, like, as in, in the learning decks. And you're like, whoa, that was brutal. But yeah. you could recover. Yeah. Because it, because it isn't a kill deck. It's, yeah. It's just it's a teaching deck. Yeah. It's, it's meant to just be like to sting a little bit. And yeah. like you kind of, it is it is a good habit to kind of learn early that like. Accesses are good and accesses are bad. Like, yeah. And it's just like sentries are a thing you kind of have to deal with. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like, I think it's fine as a teaching experience. You just kind of have to make sure that the impression people take away is not just like, if I try to do anything, bad stuff will happen to me. It's more right. just like. You gotta be careful, um, and uh, the 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 runner teaching deck is set up 
definitely in oh, opposition to that corp deck. So it's got like net shield in there yeah. and, you know, some infiltrations and multiple copies of all the icebreakers. Yeah, and it is a pretty meat and potatoes standard. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no frills, but like, again, the game is, the game frills when a corp fights a right. runner. Yeah, so. yeah. I think probably a decent intro is to use those two teaching demo decks, and I'll um, link the uh, what those deck lists are for people yeah. who don't have access to them. Uh, and then after that, like play like once someone's once once the hook is starting to yeah. you know, once the hook is in the mouth to really set the hook, then you can play like a full two seven points, yep. 45, 49 cards with like Shaper and Wayland or Criminal and Wayland yeah. or something I, else I like think, that. I, I think a Criminal Wayland would be an interesting matchup. Shaper yeah. Wayland like that because. Because I think Wayland, the first time you the first time you scorch somebody, they're like, I found that like shook the foundations of new players. Yeah. Like, well, this card is ridiculous. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well now this counters, and then you can get into the conversation. And usually when they're that interested in the power of these cards, like they're 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 already in. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're they're, totally. already, they're already stuck in your circle, and they're gonna be playing that runner for a long time. Yeah. And probably the um. Like the 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 only thing that's not that probably is worth like really explaining and demoing in detail before a match starts is just like how a run works. Yeah. So there might even be some value in like setting up a fake server yep. with like the, a fake runner rig and like credit piles on both sides. There, there's a long time. It was a while ago, like months ago, but there was a great Reddit post of like this is my teaching running server. Oh, you, nice. You, you, you give them a Crypsis and whatever and a set amount of money and here's the ice and this is what's behind it. They basically set that up and it's like, this is how this, this is how runs work. Right. Um, That's I get, good. I think that is kind of like the one, because it's not, that is the one mechanic that is more complicated than just like, draw a card, play a card. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so that is probably worth like going through an interactive demo before you actually start the real game. Yeah. Um, but everything else, it feels like you can just kind of learn as you go. Yeah, and I actually found out, I think this is quite, this is probably for the type of people that are teaching, but people that get into these, these kind of games are like, like they are storytellers to a degree. Yeah. Like, and I think it, it, it really does help to kind of like help color the already strong theme, like back it up. Yeah. Of like, this is what has actually happened. Like mm -hmm. you, you thought it was safe to go, but it was a trick that the corporation, and now you're just a smoking crater in your, in, right. in, 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 in your apartment. <laughs> and, uh, I thought, yeah, I found like there's adding, because there's, there's so much dangerous things to do in this game, and a lot of it is really like, the, the just the story itself is so good. Mm -hmm. Because after you win a game or lose a game of Netrunner, you can tick through your head of like what happened. Right. How that, 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 that was like a space in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. When the runner barely got away. <laughs> up, right? So, yeah. I mean, the other thing that's probably very useful teaching the game early on is to be like, really tangible and explanatory with how, like performing actions. Yeah. So it being like, I'm spending a credit to increase the strength on an icebreaker, like actually take a credit out and of put the credit it, yes, pool, yeah. put it on that icebreaker. When you use it to break a subroutine, take a credit, put it on that piece of ice. Yeah. And, and, and I think this with clicks as well. Take, Yes. Give yourself as a runner. We have four clicks and put the clicks on what you're doing. Yeah, that's the clicks. I'm using this click to run here. Yep. That's that's that, that's perfect and it's really obvious too. Yeah. Because because people will get or newer players could get confused and um, forget about where clicks are spent or where clicks are doing. So it's yeah. clarifying that makes um, makes the game a lot a lot easier to to, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to bite into. Yeah, and it, it can help with things like some of the early confusion is when you increase strength, does the strength never go back down? Yeah, that, and it's like okay, well, after you encounter the piece of ice, you just wipe all the credits spent off of an icebreaker, yeah. unless it is like a Shaper. battering ram or something, in That's, which case you leave them that there. That was a big confusion I had early on when they, the teaching deck has cape, but it has Gordian blade and the strength stays there and it goes away on something else. Like, right. 
all shaper icebreakers have that weird ruling. Yeah. When the other ones don't, so there was a bit of a yeah. So but but keeping again, like, stuff tangible and on the card makes it really easy to see. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Oh, what are some other big confusions that people might have in like their first or second game? Um. It might be worth just like drawing a random like HQ of five cards and then just like letting them like do two or three fake accesses and yeah. just being like, okay, well this one is an asset. You see it has like a little garbage can and a three in there. So if you spend three credits, this gets trashed. Yeah. Oh, that's just an operation. There's nothing you can do about it comes that. back to me. Yeah. Oh, it's an agenda. Oh, you steal it. Now yeah. you're two that's, points yeah, closer yeah, to winning. Too. Also, also a big, a big thing is like, the naming conventions, there's like a, a, a billion in Netrunner. Right. <laughs> there's like a lot. So like knowing what the archives are and explaining why they're called archives, knowing what the R&D is and explaining that why. And then the HQ, this is like the room in the office. This is where yeah. everyone actually is. This is where the action like, happens. Some people grouse about it, it using special terminology, but I think it's actually valuable in that it reinforces the theme and it exactly, kind of yeah. makes that stuff easier to internalize. Yeah. Um, you just have to like be consistent about it, right? Like... If you're gonna, if you're teaching someone the game, when you say R and D, say R and D always. Don't like sometimes library. say deck or sometimes say, or library yeah, or yeah. just like always say R and D. It's like because yeah. this is where reinforce. the the stuff from your corporation is getting built and researched and developed. And like when it's done, it will come into your HQ yeah. for you to spend in the it's world. Or so, like it actually makes a lot of it sense. Does, it does. Yeah. You just got to be like you know a little evocative about like talking about how, like how it evokes the theme yeah, of the game. Yeah, like like communicate more. This game is about communication. Yeah. So like definitely be talking to the runner and vice versa like yeah. as, as, as often as you can yeah uh, uh, Brody uh, last week Brody was mentioning really really good high level players that would basically state, state whatever they're doing and yeah. would be very 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 clear about it I'm kind of a slop house sometimes when I play yeah and I'm just like I, I always <laughs> I, I should just appreciate I appreciate it enough that I should just do it but <laughs> the, but uh, the people that are very very clear with and direct with what they're doing that that's going to be helpful yeah um, even even really like especially if you're teaching someone even really simple stuff like you play a hedge fund it's like okay well push aside five credits and then take, take back, back nine, nine credits yeah don't just hedge fund and give yourself four because you'll just start confusing new yeah, players because they're like put it set five and then what's going on yeah, yeah it's just stuff like that to make to just to like almost like over enunciate your actions just so people don't get confused yeah um hmm that's probably all the big stuff i think yeah and and, and i also i know that uh when you if you have a game night taking a new taking a totally new player there because usually they're way too scared to go yeah but which is but netrunner is one of the most welcoming things like every people people that are high level players and low level players are more than happy to actually throw down and right. just that's, that's true. Again. Like if you, if you're able, if you're like trying to bring someone to the fold, not like playing with them in your living room, but rather right. like trying to bring a friend to like a game night, it can be valuable just to be like, bring someone like have a couple other people there that are willing to like play a game a little bit slower, right. like a little bit more like doing like being really communicative about their actions. And then you can explain to your buddy like, oh, that's why this guy did this. That's why that guy did that. Yeah. And it'll probably be way too overwhelming for them, but they'll probably notice like some vague things yep. so that when then right after you sit down and start to explain the game, they'll be like, oh, okay, right. That guy was drawing cards from his R&D. Okay, here's my R&D. Okay, I get it. I get it. Right, yeah. Yeah. And I I also think the biggest thing that new reader players have trouble with is is like speed of play. Mm-hmm. I, I I noticed that a lot of people like like we're, we're more than happy to take new players into our tournaments and have a great time there. The the biggest hurdle a lot of newer players have is they're just their their play is slow. Right. Because they're more thoughtful or the card familiarity isn't there. Yeah. And that's just a that's just, you know, rep, time repetition thing. and a time thing. Yeah. Um, and it kind of like in the teaching decks there's a 
lot of there like there's a lot of multiple copies of the same cards, so there's less stuff to internalize. Right. And yeah. most of the stuff in there is pretty simple. It's like Diesel, draw three cards. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I will draw three cards. Yeah, there, there's there's nothing else. Yeah. yeah. Um cool. Well if anyone has any other like thoughts, suggestions, stuff like that that they found really helpful when teaching the game to yeah. people who have never played it, totally write us in and we'll share it in yeah, the future. Definitely. Um, do you want to do a couple questions from readers? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I had some. I thought we were all on holidays, but they still gave us great, great questions. Yeah, it's so nice. This one is kind of related, actually. Um, mm. from uh, Alex Pugliani, sorry, uh, <laughs> says. As a Netrunner player with only a small shop, what can I do to grow our meta? I've offered to teach, made posters for the shop. We currently have three players, but the shop owner says Netrunner is a top seller. Um, oh, okay. So I, he, this is this is a common problem. Yeah. Uh, Lots of people are playing this game. They'll, they'll buy, but they're but all where playing the hell home. are they? They don't know where they are. Yeah. That's. Uh, I'm not too sure where where where, where, this, where they I are. I don't recall. But it's, it sounds like quite a small shop. If if so, like I'm I'm thinking of a smaller area, not like yeah. a big bustling city or something. I imagine so. So, uh, that uh, we're we're kind of lucky in the way that Vancouver is full of people. Yeah. Um, we kind of have the unfair advantage of like well, there's like one, two or three million people. Yeah, just per capita, in, in the there's going to be someone showing up to play Netrunner. Yeah, that's kind of um. So if that's not the case, probably the kind of one thing is probably valuable. It like he mentioned making posters for the shop, which is really good. Um, but one thing that is really useful for us here in town, and this may may or may not be as applicable given scale, but there's just like a Facebook group that most yeah. of the people who play a lot use. Yeah. Um, because the one thing you want to avoid is like grabbing your decks, heading down to the shop, and then there's nobody else there, and you're like, okay, well, do I wait for a while for somebody to show up? Yeah. Or so like. Having a specific, oh, Thursday night is the Netrunner night is good, but if you can proactively tell people that yeah. and just be like, get some kind of commitment from people. Mm -hmm. um, like even initially, if you set it up as like an actual event where people RSVP and they feel a little bit of commitment to go, um, that can be useful. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, um, so, so like, you, like Nels, you've, you've, you've uh, done a lot, of, a lot of group stuff for Netrunner in the area and that's like organization now that takes a lot of your bandwidth yeah it's, I mean, it's not that bad sure but like so so if you are very very like like uh if you are that kind of person and you can actually build events for people to come yeah that's that's huge well it's yeah. been huge huge for uh, terminal seven anyways yeah definitely like getting actual bits of contact for people because like it's really easy to just not see or like not internalize like i saw a poster yeah. Um, not that that isn't good. Like, that's really good. But they're like, in general, I mean, this is just a thing for like marketing and design and communication, whatever. It's like, what's the call to action, right? Like when someone reads that poster, like they're like every other Thursday or something. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean? But it's just like, go to this bloody URL, yeah. like <laughs> sign up and then yeah. we can figure out when works. Like, that's really good, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you can identify like that core critical mass of people, then as long as you've got like some consistent bodies, it can just kind of catamari up yeah. from there, right? And all and, um, and, and all you like you actually what's interesting about this is like for a while there the group was only like six or so. Yeah, it wasn't that many many people. But yeah, the game again the game is swapping and just the fr the friendly nature of it just people just started coming and coming. Yeah, and again like again we always say this, but what a pile of great people netrunner players are. Wherever oh, yeah. we end up, wherever we end up, yeah. it's always just a joy to play the yeah. game with people. Everybody's super nice. Yeah. So 
yeah, see if you can identify other people locally who also want to make this happen and just get that core group of people going. And then, if necessary, maybe find some more other people and like uh, try to try to make them play as well. Yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> that's right. Um, cool, but yeah, uh, and again, like if folks have any other like, it's, it does sound like this person is like in a small area, not like sure. a big city. So if other folks who have had some success like growing a good meta in like a from town, like, like grassroots stuff, like, yeah, from, from in, in an area that just doesn't have like a wide enough net that if you cast it, you're just guaranteed to pick up enough people. Yeah. Um, definitely let us know and we can share that as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, be good. Um, Jeff Flint. This one is more of a deck building thing, but okay. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, he says, I've been toying around with the concept of an ice destruction deck and would like your take on the concept. What are the basic ideas behind it, key cards, etc.? This is this is this is this is where this is the worm. The worm is going to come. Oh. I think the worm is the the worm is the easiest most permanent way of lowering ice strength and stuff. Yes. And that's what that's when parasites come in and you yeah. want parasite recursion. Yeah. Well, uh, so the only way to reliably destroy ice so far right now in the game is parasite. Yep. And kraken. Yes. And that's Basically, you're it. Go, you're gonna want to use these, but a lot of and a lot of ice destruction decks go for the R and D mill or some kind of milling. Yep, that's you, true. Because you're blowing up ice. Okay, that's absolutely true. So yeah, there there you can also get rid of ice before it ever gets installed. We're talking imps. We're talking yeah. uh, which data is actually leaks. probably kind easier, of <laughs> easier, and also like an a, a less understood like aspect of this yeah because like, it isn't like i blew up your ice that is out it's like no no i i secretly trashed all your plans to ice and that's why i'm hammering you right yeah now. yeah so i think that's a big part of it is like okay yes you can use things like parasite and kraken and whatever to get ice off the board but also make sure that ice doesn't even get on the board in we're, the talking multi, <laughs> we're talking we're talking multi-access demo runs yep like destruction destruction can happen in the hand and i, I think I think you're going to be, uh, Jeff Flint, you're going to be really excited about ordering chaos because oh, Lord. there is oh, Lord. so much destruction. So much. So much destruction in the in in the new one. Want, yeah. The wanton destruction or whatever? Oh, uh, wanton destruction. Wanton yeah. destruction. Click it in and spend clicks to blow up their hand. Yeah, oh, it's, oh, it's going to be beautiful. It's nuts. Like a... Yeah, Look, I mean, cur- currently I'm actually I've I've seen a parasite recursion, data sucker recursion in Shaper. Yep. I've seen a crush do do quite well. Kraken is such a good card. Yeah, Kraken is such a good card. Uh, but you're gonna probably want to hang around like like Noise basically plays ice destruction just by dumping out viruses. Yeah, he's totally. basically blowing up ice. Yeah. all the time. Yeah, you're blowing up stuff, and some of it inevitably is going to be ice. Yeah, um, and that's kind of like it feels like ice destruction decks really have like three elements to them, right? The one is like being able to destroy ice once it hits the board. Yep, parasite, and then maybe to a lesser extent kraken, getting ice before it even gets installed, and then also, uh. Econ denial because ice that the corporation cannot afford to res is almost as good as being destroyed. Yeah. And then once they finally get enough money to res a piece of ice, then you destroy it with a parasite. Yeah. And then they got to start all over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose you could do FAOs. Uh, sorry, forced activation. Forged activation. Forged orders. activation orders. Yep. Because like if they don't have the money, the ice actually goes away. Right. Yeah, um, that's part of it too. This is like a little bit weirder setup, but again, like you're saying, if you have econ denial in tandem with this card, like yeah, you basically can can blow up stuff. Yeah. For 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 one cost. Yeah, but hey, I've I've been hammered by ice destruction decks, and it's miserable being as a <laughs> being as a yep. carp. Is it always yep. sucks when you can't you, you get something out? And there's a lot of great like uh, there's a lot of great ice. This low strength, and you're just crossing your fingers that they didn't 
throw parasites in, yep. <laughs> in, 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 in their deck. But yeah. 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 Uh, but yes, I think that is definitely where things are at now. And then after ordering chaos, oh man, order, ordering chaos, be really yep. different. You, you, I, 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 I'm, I'm doubting Jeff Flint has dove too deep into the spoilers because yeah. he'd just be like, "I'm waiting for ordering chaos, and I'm going <laughs> to blow up everything all the, all the time." It's pretty crazy. Um, okay, uh, so thank you very much for writing in. Uh, yeah. One other thing we should note: uh, a while back, we kind of asked folks. Um, we had some difficulty uh, getting the official. Uh, like FFG Netrunner prize kits. Yes. Because there's only one place that distributes them yeah. in the entirety of Canada. And, 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 and FFG isn't like a behemoth. Yes. Right. They're there. actually not that large. Of They're a not company that large. All, compared to Wizards of the Coast. Sure. They, they, have, they have like, like infrastructure. That. Like they're, they, they don't have the, the, the tubes, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so it, the distribution model is focused in in Canada especially is focused entirely on retailers which is great but of course you and I don't own a store we don't own a store <laughs> <laughs> though, though, yeah, from, so from what I heard getting in the store is you have to get in for the love of the game you yes. know, you're not in it for monetarily game. Yes. so everyone um, that actually owns a store that you know you just like, give them a hug or something yeah, buy them a beer yeah buy them a beer because definitely they're... and buy cards from them of course of course <laughs> um, but so because we don't own a store us getting the actual like official prize kits is tricky Tricky. Um, yeah. There are ways that some kind folks have offered to help us out, but it's not super reliable always. Um, so we just kind of asked folks in general, it's like, do you have any, like, are there any other, do you happen to have some extra alt-art cards that you don't really want? Like, we can probably kick you a few bucks for, for the shipping if you want to donate or give you a shout-out or whatever. Right. And in keeping with <laughs> the character of the Netrunner community just being the best <laughs> bloody gaming community around... Right. People were incredible. Like we got a mountain of stuff already, um, and people have already talked about some other stuff. They're gonna they're gonna hook us up with. There's some folks out east in Halifax. Oh, awesome! That are gonna send us some rad prizes. Stuff you what? literally cannot get anywhere else. Um, and we were looking for prizes because we still want to be able to run some events in the new year. But you know, those events are always nicer when there's cool prizes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. So we just wanted to say thank you to a couple of folks who sent us stuff and the stuff has actually arrived. Uh, a rad dude from Boise who goes by the name of Rumi, 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 <laughs> Rumi four times, Rumi. It's, it's, it's not even cute. It's quad. I, I, I don't know. Sure. sure. <laughs> Rumi quadded. Yeah. Rumi squared squared. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, uh, he he sent us a bunch of alt art cards. Which oh, awesome. Super super awesome. Um, some folks from Game Night Gurus in Edmond, Oklahoma. Oh wow! Uh, also did. Um, and if you're in the Oklahoma area, it's like they're. I think they're like either a shop or a library or like a game library or all of those things. Um, so if you're in Oklahoma or Northern Texas or uh, Missouri or uh, Arkansas or something, um, definitely check out the Game Night um, but they sent us some other rad stuff. Other people have said they will, so we'll definitely give shout-outs or whatever else, like right. whatever people want yeah. um, when those things want. arrive. Uh, but I just want to say thank you to everybody who... And folks, just like we also just asked for, like, what are some ideas for yeah. other prizes that we could come up with? Folks had some really great suggestions there as well. Um, so in general, it's just kind of one of those moments that's just like, man, I think this game is really good, and the people who play this game are really good. So 
It was it was warm fuzzies. It was yeah. very nice. Like like what a, what a great way to end the year. Yeah, totally. It was yeah. It was it was it was very good. It was very awesome. Yes, yeah, so, um, and, and and again, we'll be sure. We know that some's on the way, and when 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 it is received, we'll be giving you guys shouts on the cast. Yeah, totally. But we wanted to save it so everyone gets their own like unique yeah yeah. Shows. Instead yeah. of just barfing this is like a, a list big of list like, of like nine yeah, people right yeah. now, we'll give everyone their uh, their moment in the sun. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, we will also be running some events uh, early next year, yep. maybe January, maybe February. Sure. Um. Uh, yeah, so we'll obviously scream far and wide uh, when that happens. Because yeah, um, it's great It's great getting the odd out-of-towner. Out of oh, yeah. They, they come down up, yeah. up from Seattle or far from Kelowna. We had the guy that did yeah. the one long trip with us. Oh, his, man. It's uh, hardcore. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's 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 really exciting. Um, So we'll definitely, we got some good stuff planned in the new year, and we'll definitely give shouts about and it. And we're going to keep the Terminal 7 going because we have these great people that help us do the podcast as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like... Our fine buddy today, Gordon, gotta, Mr. Got, Mr. Gordon McGlattery. Mr. Gordon McGlattery. Uh, uh, shell in the out. pit audio. That's right. Um, he's helping us make this thing not sound like poop. Yeah, and re- and recently just released the Rogue Legacy remix with a pile of other amazing. Oh audio man, that's true. In game, so yeah. If you guys, which you should be a big fan of uh, the Rogue Legacy soundtrack, because one of Gord's track is actually in the Seattle Music Museum. Yes. Like, that's the same museum with, like, Jimi Hendrix's guitar <laughs> and Kirk Cobain's guitar, and that's our buddy Gord's being represented there, and that's yep, great. That's legit. Yeah. And so, again, the new uh, remixed Rogue Legacy soundtrack is out with a... with a po- the, These tracks are amazing. Yeah. It's everybody's take on the great soundtrack. Uh, yeah, the you can just soundtrack. search for Rogue Legacy Remix, and, yeah. like, basically anyone who does interesting, like, electronic games music is in basically it. did a remix of yeah. one of those tracks. And, and they're, they're all rad! And they're all they're all buddies. Like, in Vegas, Gord was meeting them all, and like, yeah, it was, just, it was it was so cool. Yeah, seeing it, it's awesome. Yep. Um, and then if you ever want to get in touch with us, uh, like send us any questions, email, feedback, whatever, whatever. Um, you can email us at terminal seven at idlethumbs.net or yep. follow us on Twitter at term seven. Um, and as always, <laughs> say this every time. <laughs> yeah. Close out the year. Yep. How could we could not do it any other way? We couldn't. Uh, we want to thank Mr. Ed Harrison for letting us use his song Tin Soldiers from the Neo Tokyo soundtrack. You should totally use this to... You should be playing <laughs> this <right>. soundtrack <laughs> while you're teaching your friends how to play Netrunner. Yep. And you can grab that soundtrack for the ultimate ambient, perfectly thematic, appropriate experience from edharrison.bandcamp.com. <laughs> now you're good. Oh, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the best. <laughs> uh.